Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, the bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, novelist, Sayward B. Eller, and I cannot believe that we are down to three episodes left. It blows my mind that it's almost over. It has been one heck of a ride since August 2019 when I started this little experiment. I was a graduate student at Southern New Hampshire University, and I was trying to figure out a way to incorporate the things that I was learning, not only about writing and the publishing industry, but also things that I was experiencing in my writing life. I was trying to, at the time, figure out how exactly to bring it all in and make it this big part of my life that I could share with the world or a small part of the world. And about this writing thing was born in August of 2019. I think maybe I've done close to 70 episodes. I'm not sure at this point, but it has been a really wonderful experience. I have really enjoyed the last two seasons, getting to speak with other authors, having them on the show to share their experiences so that so that you guys weren't only hearing about my experience because my career is still kind of in its micro stages, its mini stages, baby stage maybe. Um, so this has been such a wonderful experience and I am so happy to have been able to do this, and this will be something that I will look back on fondly. Um, But this sounds more like a goodbye thing, and it's not quite time for that yet. We still have today's episode and two more episodes to go before I say my final goodbye. So let me reel it in (laughs) and tell you about today's guest, Sheila Myers. She is a women's fiction author whose debut, The Truth of Who You Are, was published through Black Rose Writing in 2022. I know Sheila through the Women's Fiction Writers Association. We are both members there, and we actually met through a historical fiction group that is not really a subgroup of the WFWA, but there are a lot of WFWA members in this historical fiction group. So that is where I became acquainted with, acquainted with Sheila, and I was also um, lucky enough to be able to be a beta reader for a beta reader for her upcoming novel, um, and I think it's untitled at the moment, or there's a working title. So until it's published, the title is not the title. <laughs> but anyway, I am super thrilled to be able to welcome Sheila to the show today. I hope that you will enjoy our conversation. Before we get started, as always, please note these conversations, these interviews are pre-recorded. So if you're wearing earbuds, I encourage you to lower your volume until the interview comes on and you can find a volume that is suitable to you. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Sheila. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I, um, we've talked a little bit about, uh, publishing, but my first question always when I speak to an author is 
even though I know the answer. <laughs> what genre do you write, and how long have you been writing it? Okay, great. Uh, good question. I actually write in contemporary and historical fiction, and I've been writing for about a decade now and have two, three, four, five books published. So one's contemporary, and then the other four are historical, and I have a contemporary novel now that I'm basically finishing up and, and editing and, and going to be pitching. And that's the one that I beta read. Is that right? The Yes, yes, you were you were really helpful, and all those comments you made were right on, and um, now it's with a proofreader, so. Oh, fantastic. I'm always yeah. worried whenever I beta read, because I'm just so, I'm one of those line-by-line line people, so I just, I feel like they're going to get really irritated with me giving so, so many comments, so I tried to pull no, back. No, <laughs> I did not get irritated at all, at all, and especially the comment about finding those, um, you know, uh, words that you use multiple times because I actually then ran it through pro write um, I, I ran it through pro writing aid you know just to say pick up the words and, mm -hmm. and that helps me a lot too so oh yeah I've heard so many people talk about pro writing aid it's kind of like Grammarly isn't it it is like Grammarly it, it only costs at least when I bought it about a year ago it was $120 but it, it's much more powerful than Grammarly because it can actually run some reports for you on things like um, sentence structure how many times you have long sentences versus short sentences you can pick the genre that you're writing in I, I pick general fiction but you could do YA science fiction and it'll tell you whether or not the tone of your work is matching that genre oh. um, it has a lot of different reports that you can it's pretty dynamic put it that way that sounds worth the hundred and twenty dollars it, it totally is yeah it's kind of like I, I draft on Scrivener ex exclusively in Scrivener that's where I draft that's where I edit so it was when I bought it it was fifty dollars for a lifetime and it wow. has paid for itself so many times already so I get the feeling that pro writing aid is, is kind of like that. You pay the hundred. Yes, it's a big chunk chunk of money for most people, but it's going to pay for itself over right. and over yeah. again. It will. I wish I had got, I don't know Scrivener well enough. I've, I've never invested in it. I feel like I should. I'm sure it would save me a lot of time. It's, it makes everything so easy for me. Like with Microsoft Word, you know, you have to search and control F if you want to go to a, a certain chapter or whatever. But in Scrivener, it, it does, each chapter is a separate file. So you can just jump in between chapters. It's, it's a fantastic program. I yeah. really love it. I probably should learn it. Help <laughs> me a lot. <laughs> now, when did you know that you wanted to be a writer? Well, I think like a lot of people, you know, when you spend your childhood writing in journals and writing things down all the time, and I actually cleaned out my uh, basement the other uh, last month or so, and found some short stories, stories that I'd written as a kid that I, I kept all these years. So I think I was always a storyteller, uh, and I think it was just a matter of putting the time into it and discovering that I could just spend... I spent a whole summer uh, about a decade ago just writing and writing and writing and not telling anyone I was doing it and finished a novel, um, a draft of a novel. And so I think like a lot of people that wanted to be, you know, that right now, they probably always wanted to be one. It just, it's a matter of finding the time. 
I, I can agree with that, especially if you work full time. And you are a professor outside of writing. Is that right? Yeah, but what's nice about it is, at least for the past decade or over the past decade, I've had summers off, so I've been able to put my time in summers as when I do most of my writing. So what I do is I usually, like today, for example, I, I spend about two hours writing. A lot of times I go to the library, so I get away from the house and the cats, and I just <laughs> sit down and for about two hours I write. I can get like 1,500 words done. Um, I have a notebook that I carry and I always jot down ideas about scenes so that when I go, I know like I'm writing this scene today and usually by if within a year, I can have a draft of a novel completed. And then it takes me, of course, you know, about another year between beta reading and developmental edits and other edits to really, you know, get it into shape. But I have to be honest, like I'm finding too, you know, as much as you think something's in shape like, you know, I gave you my book, um, you know, it's really, you know, I go back and look and I'm like, oh, I could have said this better. Or I could have done this differently. I mean, even even the book I just got published with Black Rose Writing, I've been doing a lot of readings. Like, I'm going next week to a library and I was giving a reading last week and I noticed, speaking about repeating words, I have the word direction in the first couple pages like three times. <laughs> and, of course, when you read it out loud is when you really discover that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I, I've never been with the tendency of reading my work out loud. I know some people are. Uh, I think I'm going to start doing that more often. Um, it's tedious, but I think it's worth doing uh, because I, that's when you really pick up some stuff. It really um, is. Do you read out loud? To, do you read your books out loud to yourself? As On occasion. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll write something like I'll be working in a chapter and I'll say, I'm not really sure how that sounds. So then I'll read like that chapter or that selection, that part of the chapter out loud just to see if the dialogue is working or the actions are working or even the exposition, because I do love my exposition sometimes just to make sure that it's, it's all working together, not slowing things down and it's still making sense. So I don't do the entire book, but I do sections of it that I right. feel like that I'm just worried aren't as strong as they could be. Right. And you know, I just got an audio book deal and I'm kind of curious to know with the narrator will edit self edit a little bit. Say, you know, if they notice the words being repeated, I have no idea cause I've never gotten an audio book deal before. So, <laughs> but I know if I would do that, if I was reading it out loud as an audio as a narrator. Yeah. So. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I just found this out just about a week ago. So well, that's awesome. I, I'm right. not sure. I've never i've I've watched a few uh, narrators on TikTok, but they don't really talk about the specifics of what they do. So yeah, I'm not sure if they self edit or not. But I know, like you, I would be compelled to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, your debut. The Truth of Who You Are was released by Black Rose Writing in April of 2022, but we know that that isn't your first publication. You've also independently published the Durant series beginning in 2015. Right. Will you talk a little bit about the differences between publishing with a small press and self-publishing? What are the pros and cons as you see them, and what... What do you, do you like one thing better about one of them than the other? Yeah, it's a good question. So I was just thinking about this today because 
I do feel that I, I'm glad I did self-publish. I was talking to you earlier about this. I really didn't know about what the traditional publishing group was or would be, and I didn't really reach out to writing groups to find that out. I saw something somewhere, I don't know if it was on TV or some blog about self-publishing and how easy it was <laughs> to do on Amazon and blah, blah, blah. And so I just self-published my first contemporary work, Ephemeral Summer, without even like thinking about going the traditional route. And I learned so much in the process, of course, you always do, you know, how to, techno in terms of technology, I had to learn how to like upload it to an ebook and you learn how to market it, you learn how to, um, you know, get the cover made, all of those things. And then I started writing the Durant trilogy and I was into the second book when I realized, you know, it would really be helpful if I had a contract for this and maybe got money out of it for paying for some of the research because it was costing me a lot for travel. Mm -hmm. And when I started pitching it around to agents, I basically got back, you know, the comment that it's really hard once you're into the second book in a series to, to sell it, you know. So I thought, well, that's it. I just kind of, I'm just going to self-publish the rest of this, you know, series. Because by then I had like a following because I was writing mm -hmm. a blog while I was doing it. And so I had a following of about 300 people who had read my first book and were waiting for the second and the third. And so I think that, you know, for me, it was, it came a little too late, the realization that, hey, maybe this was marketable and I should have gone the traditional publishing route. But at the same time, because I had to market and promote it myself and do all of it myself, I mean, I had somebody design the covers, obviously, um, and I did pay editors, you know, I, I think I learned a lot about promotion and marketing. And what I'm noticing now, even with the small press and even pitching, um, to, you know, cause I've been pitching to other presses, um, in general, that a lot of times they'll ask for a marketing plan. They want to know who your target audience yes. is. They want to know how you think you're going to be positioned in the market. And I feel pretty confident in being able to articulate that. That's something that struck me when I was shopping around the historical that I wrote, we were talking about it earlier. Um, of course, I've stopped shopping it around because I need to do some, some major revisions to it. But as I was shopping it around, I took it to small presses because I decided to handle my historical line myself. And I, I became paralyzed when I saw they wanted the marketing plan because I, I do well to be able to construct a query letter and a synopsis. But as far yeah. as knowing where my novel fits in in the market and and all of these other things and how it's going to um, make money I there's yeah. that's something that I am not equipped to do so it really shocked me when I started shopping that around because used to when I started writing in the early in the late 90s early 2000s you had to write the book you wrote yeah. the book, you sent it to the publisher. I mean, back then, most publishers were taking unsolicited um, submissions. So yeah. you sent it to a publisher, you sent it to agents, and they would send you the rejections because that's how it went right. for me. Uh, but now everything has changed so much with publishing, and so much of that marketing has been put back on the author. I'm, I'm like a fish out of water because as I have been preparing to be out in this publishing world, it's just everything has shifted so much 
from being a very, the publisher is going to take care of you to now it's, you really have to take care of yourself is what it it feels like. Unless you're one of those super bestsellers. Yeah. Unless you're a super bestseller or somehow even the hype up to, you know, the deal that you got is going to, is leading to the fact that the publicity department is going to do something for you. You know, I, I, I guess, you know, I'm, Talking to, because I, we both are involved in the um, historical fiction group that we're in, and we've been meeting with so many different authors. I'm hearing over and over that to some degree they're really having to, you know, self advocate for the marketing. And you know, it could be as simple as look at this museum here has a uh, an exhibit that relates to my historical fiction. You should, you know, can we approach them and see if they'll sell my book? You know, things like that. Um, and I, with the Durant trilogy, I, I was kind of lucky because it was a regional story set in the Adirondacks and the the people I was writing about were pretty famous there. Mm -hmm. And then one of the characters was the head of the transcontinental railroad and there was a TV series out called hell on wheels. And Doc Durant was one of the main characters. So he's in my novel, he's main character in this TV series. So I kind of got lucky in that sense that I was able to pick keywords and categories on Amazon that would you know, throw my book into um, people's orbit. And then these small town bookstores and libraries up in the Adirondacks invited me to come speak. And, you know, I'm not bragging here when I say, I remember, and this is, you're talking very small towns, right? But in Old Forge, New York, there was like 70 people that showed up to one of my talks. They had to like open the doors. And and then I went to a talk up in um, a nature preserve area in the Adirondacks. It was um, part of a, a, a university and again, the place was packed with people because this family that I wrote about was just so famous up there in the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I still sell like 100 books a year to the local bookstores up there. So I got kind of lucky with that, too. I think if you pick a topic that's regional or interesting to a certain region, you're going to find some you're going to find an audience automatically um, versus something that's more uh, general. Mm-hmm. So I think I got lucky with my historical fiction in that way. And even the the most recent book I have, The Truth of Who You Are, that's with Black Rose writing. I mean, that's set in the Smoky Mountains. And so, you know, I've been targeting, um, well, I'm like writing a couple of nonfiction essays. I've, I've got one coming out with the Appalachian Journal nice. magazine and some blogs. Um, and there's just, a, there's like 14 million visitors to that national park every year. Oh, wow. So... You know, having sort of that connection and knowing that there might be people interested in your novel because they're connected to some area is very helpful for marketing purposes. And I think that goes with anybody. It doesn't matter if you're traditionally published or self-published. It's just a matter of kind of knowing who might want to read your book and targeting them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I feel like I've been lucky in that sense. Well, because... I picked my topics. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like you really know what you're doing. And what I'm curious about is, did you take like any webinars or any kind of classes to help you with your marketing? Or is this something that you've just learned through trial and error? Yeah. So for anyone listening out there, I would highly suggest Joanna Penn's uh, podcast. Joanna Penn has been doing a podcast for a long time and she has different people come and speak and she's self-published and she has a variety of, like today I was just listening to it. It was about dialogue. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've learned a lot from that in terms of marketing and her 
viewpoint of making your book available on all the markets, not just Kindle Unlimited, but go wide. Um, she has a lot of suggestions. She brings people on that give suggestions. I've taken some um, webinars on Amazon ads so that I could run my own ads. Because now, even if you're traditionally published, you can run your own ads on Amazon. Um, and so instead of paying somebody to run ads for me, I've kind of taught, taught myself how to run ads on Amazon. Um, you know, I'm not saying that I'm really successful at it. I've had to learn. Again, it's like trial and error. You get better as you go. Uh, I've done a lot of that. So I, any opportunity I have to listen to a podcast or take a class or a webinar or workshop, um, I've been finding some of the Women Fiction Writers Association's webinars really helpful, too. Mm -hmm. So besides craft, I also delve into marketing because I just, I want to know. I want to know more and, and what I can do. I feel like I've got it pretty well nailed in terms of what I can potentially do. A lot of it is about money. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't have the budget to market, which, you know, I would say I don't have a huge budget because I'm really just basing it on what I make on my books. So I'm probably just breaking even to some degree. Um, you know, if you have a big budget, if you have a lot of money, I, you know, I suppose you could do really well. Like I could be running Amazon ads year round. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, at some point I'm like, okay, I got to buy groceries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing that I always tell, like I'm on some Facebook groups and some Reddit. I'm in some sub Reddits yeah. on Reddit about yeah. writing. And I mean, it's, it's amazing to me, the questions that are asked. But the first thing that I always tell anybody is, uh, like today, there was a woman that said she had finished her novel and she needed to know how to find publishers. But there was something very simple that we know, and I can't remember what it is right now, but she had no idea what it was. And I commented on it and I said, look, you need to learn about this industry if you're going mm -hmm. to be in this industry, it's not just yeah. about writing books anymore. We have to know how to do everything in order yeah. to be, in order to attract a publisher sometimes and also right. to be successful. So right. one of the first things I always tell these writers is it's not enough to just know your craft anymore. You really have to learn publishing and you have to learn about the landscape of publishing and everything that it entails. And if you don't know something as simple as what is a query letter, then you're not ready to right. jump in here. <laughs> right. No, I agree. I agree. I've taught, I've taken workshops on writing query letters. I listen to, um, the manuscript Academy has a good podcast mm -hmm. and they, they'll have the agents will read a query letter and then critique it. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, I've written, read so many blogs about writing query letters, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I agree with you because sometimes I get called um, to talk to people that want to write a book, and they end up, like, just, you know, asking a whole barrage of questions that I feel like, well, just Google it. You'll yeah. find all this information online. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a simple Google search. Like, yeah, but it really is. I yeah. remember being that writer, that that really young writer who wanted people to answer the questions for me. And I would get really frustrated when I would ask somebody how to do something and they would be like, well, just look it up. But now yeah. <laughs> I understand that it's really important to learn how to do that stuff yourself. And 
you become much stronger at what you're doing if if you figure it out, if you just do a simple Google search, <laughs> you right, become yeah. much stronger than if right. you just ask people who have been doing this for a while, hey, how do I do this? Well, you know, exactly. what's a synopsis? Right. Well, go find out what a synopsis is. <laughs> right, I know, exactly, and how to write one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I took, I took a webinar with Jane Friedman when I was trying to write the synopsis for the book that, um, got me my agent. So I took her synopsis webinar and it was fantastic. And I feel, I still use what she taught in that webinar to do my synopses now. So, right. I mean, even if it's just one webinar, 25 bucks, you're going to learn something. And right. yeah. I mean, there are a lot of free webinars that you can do, but I just, I don't think it's, that there's an excuse anymore. <laughs> no, it's definitely worth the investment. I mean, considering uh, if you were in photography or any other kind of craft, you know, that you wanted, say you wanted to even learn how to kayak up down a river, you know, you're going to invest in the equipment. You're going to invest mm -hmm. in lessons. You're going to invest in, like, if you know, you want to play an instrument. Same idea. You know, you're going to invest in those things so that you can learn it. And I think it's the same with writing. You know, you have to invest in it. I don't think you have to get an MFA necessarily. Right. But, um, yeah, you're going to want to invest your time and money into getting better at it. So I totally agree. Absolutely. Well, Zoom has just told me I'm running out of town. I'm running out of time. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you my final question that I ask everyone who comes on the show. What is the best writing advice you've heard or been given? Oh, best writing advice that I've heard or been given. Well, I would say take your time. And I have heard it from different people in various ways. Not like just like that, take your time. But just in conversations I was telling you about, I was at the Red Loaf Conference and I, was, I met with an agent and we were both discussing this, how, you know, I'm, I have a sense of urgency. I have like three novels sitting on my laptop and some I pitched and some I'm kind of like, I don't know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. And my feeling about it is, you know, how long am I going to, how many times am I going to go back to these novels and revise and revise and revise and then pitch, 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 pitch. I don't know, you know, um, but having that patience is really key because it's the long game mm -hmm. and so um taking your time on a piece pays off in the long run like I really wish that when I look back at my first novel that I self-published I wish I could just go back to that moment when I thought I hit publish and said stop yeah <laughs> and just giving myself more time to process it like set it aside come back to it a few months later and take it a look at it with fresh eyes um, you know, that would be my biggest advice is just to take your time to home and get better at your craft. The other thing, the other piece of advice is just keep writing mm -hmm. because I have noticed my writing is getting much better as I go. And, uh, and, and people have said that to me too. So you can't expect that your first or second novel is going to be, you know, your prime that you're probably going to, it'll, you've got to hit your stride and it'll take some time. But I do feel like I'm getting to that juncture in my career after a decade of writing where it's getting much better. Right. Yeah. I, I remember when I realized 
because I did the same thing. I published and I wish I could go back and say, stop, don't publish that. <laughs> Give yourself yeah. some time. But I, um, I noticed when my work really started to change and evolve and become better than what it was 10 years ago. So that's, that's a really great feeling. And, and I think that's a really great piece of advice is take your time, keep writing, get better and and you will. You'll just get better and better as you go. Yeah, you will. You just have to have the patience. Exactly. And I'm working on getting the patience. <laughs> yeah. No, me too. <laughs> okay. Well, Sheila, thank you so much for being on the show today. I um, I've really enjoyed chatting with you and meeting you face to face because we've, uh, you know, we've known one another for over a year through the WFWA. Yeah. So. It's I been know. very nice chatting with you. Yeah, nice to, have to talk to you too, Sayward. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great afternoon. You too. Bye. All right. I hope that you enjoyed listening to that conversation with Sheila as much as I enjoyed recording it. It's always so much fun to sit down and just talk to people that I've been talking with over social media but we've never really met face-to-face -face and we've never had the opportunity to really just speak to one another. So that's always a lot of fun. Things will be getting back on track next week with episode eight. And that is with women's fiction and thriller writer Maggie Giles. I'm super excited for you to hear my conversation with Maggie. She is such a delight. As for me, I am thrilled to say that today... September 5th, 2023, 2023, two of my books went out on submission. I'm really thrilled about this. My agent decided to take the book that she signed me with back out. And then my newest manuscript she is taking out on its maiden voyage. So I'm nervous and pretty excited to see what happens. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything, but I really hope that I'll have some great news in the near future because, oh, if there is an industry that can tear you down quite like publishing, I imagine it's probably the music industry or the art industry. But anyway, it's pretty rough. So I would really love to um, to feel the, the really great part of it for once <laughs> or for twice. I guess the first time I felt great was when I was got signed with an agent and it would just be really great to be able to know that my book was finally going to be out there in the world for everyone to see. So anyway, that's my news. I also have the cover reveal for Second Chances, which I am self-publishing in early 2024. That cover reveal will be on Instagram November 1st, 2023. But anyone who has subscribed to my newsletter, the Say Word B. Eller newsletter, you will see the cover first because it will be in my October newsletter. Okay, that is it for this week. I hope that you will be back next week when the interview with Maggie Giles goes live. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Until next time, as always, take care and keep writing.